Come on, pass it over. I glanced down at the joint in my hand, watched its thin line of smoke curl up around my wrist before handing it off to Stuart. Sorry. I felt like telling him that it wasn't me who was always hogging the joint, but I couldn't muster the energy. I wasn't especially high, not yet anyway. But it was Monday morning, and I was replacing one fog with another before heading off to school. The pit stop. That's what we called our morning layover. Stuart would pick me up at quarter after seven on his way past my house. We'd drive a half mile down the mountain, then turn off into a field that looked out over the valley where the village lay, and park along the tree line. We'd only been back at school for four weeks, but it'd become part of the routine. A tradition, Stuart called it. To me, it was just a habit. September was almost over, and the colors were bursting from the maples all around us. It was a good year for the leaves, even for northern Vermont, with lots of red, little gold mixed in, all shimmering in the cold against the early slant of sun. Best of all was the mist that hung below us in the valley, a thick September mist that always slipped in those first cold nights of fall, flooding the hollows by morning, turning the valleys into lakes of white that glowed under the blue sky. It was so goddamn beautiful. You almost didn't need the pot. I tried making the point last week, but Stuart would have none of it. It's not a matter of need, Frenchie, he'd scolded. Just a matter of enhancement, he repeated the line, quietly, more to himself than anyone. I wondered if he was pondering its meaning or storing it for posterity. I watched him take a drag, his third since squirreling the joint away from me. He had a way of smoking, pulling hard, then opening and closing his mouth four or five times in rapid succession, biting at the air, that I found both cool and revolting at the same time. It was like he was eating the smoke, devouring it. Seeing me watch him, he offered it back. I shook my head. To be honest, I was getting tired of the whole thing. It would have been fine if we could have stayed here in the field. But Stuart wasn't one for skipping. He was just one for enhancing, not me. Pop made school longer and more boring. Did those fuckers ever turn? He asked. I followed his gaze across the valley to the opposite ridge where the wind turbines stood, twenty of them all in a row, their blades glinting against the sunrise. At three hundred feet tall, they loomed over everything, a phalanx of metal towers plopped down by a bunch of power company suits from Boston or New York or who the hell knows where. They'd offered our poor little town a shitload of money to install them. An offer? In spite of serious resistance from quite a few people, the slim majority couldn't refuse. But it came at a pretty steep price. Two years later, half the town still hated the other half. It was kind of funny how the battle lines had been drawn. Not the way you might think. Sure, there were the hippie types who loved the wind towers because they were all into clean power and that kind of shit. And there were plenty of locals who were pissed off about a bunch of rich assholes coming in and taking over their ridgetops. But a lot of the natives didn't mind them. Most people around here don't have much money, and the idea of saving a few hundred bucks on their taxes made them come around pretty fast.